Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. <clears throat> I am a co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com, calling in live this week from Bonita Springs, Florida, as we do each week on Tuesdays at noon Eastern. We have got another great episode lined up for you guys today. We have my co-host, the Associate Dean of Directions University, Jack Humphrey, with us from Richmond, Indiana. Hello, Jack. Howdy. Hi, everybody. And I'm still waiting to hear if we have our 10-minute segment first or if we have our guest today, Lee Collins, first. So let me try and figure that out. Sorry, everybody, about the technical glitches today. Apparently, we're still trying to get the hang of this after four and a half or five years. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have this down by the end of 2015, at least. Absolutely, Jack. Well, we are going to go live with our third co-host, Jan Riley, first. Jan is well, joining us to help us with moderating the show, and every week she's going to be doing a special little segment. Jack, you want to tell everybody a little bit more about Jan's segment of the show? We should give it a name. Yes. Yeah. Jan, uh, do you have a name yet? Well, I I was going to go with You Create You, or Better Decisions for uh, Life and Business. Let's crowdsource because, that. Everybody everybody, comment yeah. and see which one you like the best. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, because to me, that's always one of the big questions that I have is is not just what to do, but, you know, how do you make decisions along the way? Because it seems like every day there's a million that you have to make. You know, do this activity. Uh, how? What should I prioritize? Uh, what should I spend money on? What worked? What didn't? There's uh, so many things. And uh, I'm yeah. always interested in how people make their decisions and how successful people make their decisions, and, you know, especially when uh, stuff doesn't work the way you think. Um, because right, which is a lot a of times. Real important times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I always tell does, people, don't worry about it. Expect things not to work the way you think. That's the exciting part of the web and publishing and getting traffic and all of that. That's fun. A lot of people can't handle it at first. They're like, uh I, you know, I live in a world with light switches. You flip it on, the light comes on, and, and I like that. Yeah. And that's not the way the Internet always works for business people. And the first thing you got to do is calm everybody down when they first get on. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, and I just heard from Lee. He has been sick all morning. He's going to try to join us in a few. Um, uh Thanks, Jen. So I'm writing him back. Uh, I know he said he was sick, and I was sick last week, so uh, I understand. And today we're having big storms in Atlanta, so it's just uh, yucky all the way around. But Kind of like what we um, were talking about just now, right? Uh-huh, exactly. Absolutely. you got to <laughs> learn to roll with the punches, or uh, you'll be out of business real quick. Well, yep, and you know, sure. that's not unique to being in an online business. That's just how business is. Online, offline, doesn't really matter. Business is part of life. And life happens first and foremost, doesn't it, Jack? Yeah, whether you like it or not. Really well, that's true. One of the things that's very interesting to me is that um, as an entrepreneur, and I've pretty much always been an entrepreneur as an adult and as a teen, that, you know, I didn't make a big distinction between having a business and being the person that I am. It all seemed the same to me. Because when you're an entrepreneur, at least for a lot of us, we don't go to work and then come home. Um, it's sort of part of my life. 
And I have found that uh, I just think about my job, my businesses differently than people that I know that have jobs. Um, one, I'm more invested in uh, how my customers feel, what kind of relationships I have with them and the people that I work with. And I tend to, uh, you know, bring it, it, it's more a part of who I am rather than if I just went to a job and I did a thing and I came home. And I like that intimacy with it, but I know that it's real easy to have it become your whole life, too. And I know Jackie talked about that in the uh, old Internet marketing world where it basically was just a nonstop, um, you know, new launch. Oh, yeah. That became kind of bigger than life and not really an extension of your life. Right, right. And all of a sudden the thing that uh, you purport to love is trying to kill you, which is not a good thing. (laughs) So, yeah, there's a a little bit of a learning curve for everybody when they get going. Um, And and we kind of tend to need to relearn lessons, kind of like renewing your vows to your business. uh, Right. You know, because you will let yourself, if too many opportunities stack up and you think you're doing good because you're stacking so many, a JV over here, a thing over here, a new product line, a new piece of your product line, um, you can work yourself into a corner and then things are too busy to get any core stuff done, like the things that were supporting you before. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, tell it's me, funny how do you make those kind of decisions these days compared to what it used to be like for you? Uh, I think about resistance a lot. I think about going with the flow and uh, saying easily saying no a lot more. Um, you know, like for instance, for traffic and things like that, there's a lot of ways you can generate it. Um, a lot of people think that joint venture traffic is the best way to get it, and um, we've been saying no to more and more of those things because those usually come with some sort of reciprocation, and it's the most expensive traffic in the world. there's nothing more expensive than joint venture traffic you got to give away you know in the information uh world you got to give away uh, half your profits uh right off the top and that's you know i mean if you're doing facebook advertising you're giving away 10 cents uh to to bring in a lead and a sale or a dollar but it's certainly not half of your half of your uh take so just saying no and being comfortable with that and going with what you want to do i i've made a study out of this and and I've noticed that people that are more relaxed about what they um what they do with their business and more confident in the decisions that they make to not be too greedy and not be too um say say yes to everybody because you're so scared that you know some of the stuff that you've already said yes to isn't going to work or um you know things that you've committed to aren't going to work so I've got to keep give I got to keep making new things and then all of a sudden you can't get the core things done you've overcommitted and and uh and I've watched people who don't who do that well who do, who who avoid that well and they're always more successful without exception there's no exception to that rule they're always more successful when they uh are a lot more confident and definite uh in the direction that they're going the products that they have the copy that they're using the funnels that they use the sources of traffic that they have and they really explore things a lot more deeply, I've noticed, because they're not distracted by all kinds of too much stuff going on, too many commitments, too many um, balls in the air. Then they've got more time to explore deeply the things that that uh, make them money and bring in you know, the right kinds of eyeballs to their uh, products and services. And they really, really go for it. And so they, these are the guys who get very scientific about stuff. They can actually write books about what they do because it could fill a book. And a lot so of people never get deeply, to that level of expertise. When you say deeply, because that's, that's a really interesting term, do you mean, um, I guess I want you to tell me what that looks like. Like give me an example of something that would be deep and something that wouldn't. You know, well, uh, it's let's like say jumping you, you from can, topic to topic, not deep. Well, that on the content marketing side or on the, the let's just pick uh, paid advertising. If you do Facebook, do you 
do you dabble with it, lose 500 or a thousand bucks or more and, uh, and then move on to the next thing. And what I would say typically when that happens is you are just another dollar away from actually breaking through <laughs> usually. Oh, okay. And gotcha. that's somebody who goes shallow and somebody who goes deep. And the people that go deep know that sometimes you got to spend five grand to come up with a winner to know exactly what uh, your return on investment is and that your funnel is working, your offers are working. And uh, from that point on, you can print money. You can literally print money. <laughs> If you get to the point where you've gone thoroughly, deeply into your testing and you don't give up and fly off to another thing, like a bumblebee to another flower. Um, and right. bees, you know, they'll really exhaust a flower before they go on to the next one. So that's not fair to bees to put them in that category. But I want to chime in on this topic for just a minute. You know, I didn't start my business by making a conscious choice to get into business. My business came about out of necessity, kind of what we started talking about at the beginning of the show, life. I got really, really sick. <clears throat> I needed $40,000 a month just to pay for my medication. And one step led to another, and all of a sudden, I was in business. And I think because of how I got started in business, I really didn't ever think of myself as an entrepreneur for almost 10 years really never saw it that way but it caused me to do things very differently and I've asked myself over the years why is it that so many people think JVs are the way to go especially when it comes to traffic and I think the reason that so many people choose joint ventures is they don't perceive that there is a cost to it right they're just going to go right and without having any money build some relationships and get people to promote and it didn't cost them anything up front to do it so they don't see it as a cost it's just a cost of doing business in their eyes right when if they had used paid advertising the actual dollars that they would have kept would have been way bigger but then there's that big learning curve that people have to go through to figure out anything including joint ventures and I didn't really have a choice back when I started my business. I couldn't afford to go through a learning curve because I would have died if I didn't make the $40,000, which forced me to do everything differently, whether it was traffic, joint ventures, didn't really matter. You had to do it in a way that was going to work from the start. And if you allowed desperation to come in, in an emotional level or in a what-you-did level, the money wouldn't happen and I would die. So you had to really learn how to get rid of the emotion piece of desperation in order to get the results that you needed, case $40,000 a month. How did you get rid of that? Hmm. You really I mean, didn't that's have a huge... I didn't really I mean, have a I, choice, Jen. Yeah, but you did. You had to. I think well, that's the very The choice was choosing death, and that didn't okay. seem like a choice to me. Yeah. Yeah, okay. well, there's a there's something to that. I talked to Randy Gage years ago, and I said, you know, there were so many people launching things and telling their stories, and, you know, and, and a lot of stories just came from from the same place i i was bankrupt that almost became a cliche still is today a very big cliche i went bankrupt so what everybody's been bankrupt before <laughs> tell me something new and uh, whether you actually physically declared it or not bankrupt is broke so so what i mean that's a common human condition especially uh in, in the 2000s so uh, but I asked Randy, I said, is it is it possible for somebody to come from a place of relative comfort and succeed in life or in business? And he said, I sincerely don't believe it's possible. I think it's very, very rare for somebody to have a very comfortable existence and go into entrepreneurship and cause themselves all of the pain and suffering that comes with that when they're actually more comfortable than that already. And I'm paraphrasing what he said, but that's the gist of, of it. And he, he's really convinced, um, I'm sure he remains so to this day, that 
you know, his story uh, was pretty rough in the beginning, you know, and, and people come like a phoenix out of the fire into entrepreneurship and who are also successful. A lot of people, you know, come into it and just kind of limp their way in. And if you have any kind of fallback, typically the human condition won't allow you mm -hmm. to uh, be a real cutthroat kind of, uh, you know, you don't have to be cutthroat, but you have to. When it matters, when you've got to stay up all night and do something, you've got to be able to have the the guts to do that and go. You can't go. Well, I've still got my job, and I, I'm I'm going to get a pension someday or or whatever. I don't know if that even that word even exists anymore in the English language. But I mean, you know, if you're if you come from a place, and the thing is, it's amazing what people will be comfortable with. There are people who are behind on their bills. There are people who have a great product sitting there, but they're they're stalled for some reason or another, and they could alleviate. But they're still comfortable. They're behind on their bills, and they don't have the car or the house they want or the college fund set up yet. But they still it's still more comfortable to them than it is to go forward for some reason with their business. So don't Let think that I'm just talking about silver spoons. Let me give people a real life example of the difference. I've had nine major reconstructive surgeries on my back. Each one of those operations lasted between 14 and 21 hours long. I can remember after all nine of them coming out of the recovery room, up to my room, and in less than an hour having to get my computer out, open it up. I'm still half groggy from the anesthesia. I'm on all kinds of medications, IVs and whatnot. I have a brace that goes from underneath my chin down to the tops of my thighs, beyond my hips, all the way to the tops of my thighs, and I can barely move. But I have to turn the computer on to go online to check the business because there's customer service to deal with. There's stuff in the works that you have to check in on. And literally spending the next three to four hours working after as long as a 21-hour operation. That's the level it takes to really succeed in business. You have to be willing to do that. Yeah, and hopefully nobody will listening have to do that. But yeah, it, it goes to that level. I mean, it really does. It can. I I work with a person who took it to that level. I don't know anybody else in the whole world who's ever done that. But that just means nine luckily times. most people don't. Yeah, nine yeah. times, not once, nine times, because that's what it took. Well, it's also and you know focus. what? I think we have you know, leeway. I mean, you could have just laid there and been groggy, like everybody else would have been just groggy and recovered and come out and just let things happen. And so, you know, and and not be happy about it. And uh, yeah, I've I've seen okay, some amazing. Okay, if I had stuff. done that, if I had done that, then five or six days later, when I'd get out of the hospital. How would I pay for that next batch of antibiotics or drugs that were keeping me alive? Because that was a choice. I agree. Yeah. Didn't really have any other way of doing that. <laughs> yep. Jan, is Lee from That's area code 810? He could be. He did not give me that. Well, let's unmute him and see if that is Lee. Oh, yes. He said he's calling you now. Is this Lee? Hey, how you doing? Yes, to sleep. Oh, so good. Let us give you a proper introduction. Jack, why don't we tell everybody a little bit more about the segment that Jen is going to be hosting for us on every single week of Traffic Masters. Uh, well, as I understand it, we're going to be having Jan do interviews with bachelor students and interesting folks uh, around a, a little mini uh, thing around traffic and and is that right, Jan? Is that the correct for your well, ten minute segment? Be, it's going to be more around uh, the different parts of things around your business. Okay, like, so a little bit more general traffic. than us. We're traffic and conversion, yeah. and you're a little bit more exactly. general. Yeah, and I know we're going to be doing bachelor students and. Uh, other folks that we work with within the DU community, and um, and it's interesting. It's already was really great last week with um, Jane Gardner. So uh, it was a really cool segment. Yeah, it's really meant to help everybody get to know the people at DU. 
Because without them, DU wouldn't even exist in the first place. It's not about me and you, Jack. It really isn't. It's about all of them. The faculty, the students. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was about me. I, I guess I'll be leaving now. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <it. laughs> Too funny. <laughs> the Jack so, Jim, Show. Thank you so much for that. The rest of the Traffic Master Show can be the Jack Show. I'm good with that. Just those 10 minutes every week. Oh, okay. I'll give her 10 minutes. <laughs> Lee, how are you doing? Now is our guest for the week, Lee Collins. Jack, you know Lee a lot longer than I have. Why don't you give him a proper introduction and tell everybody a little bit more about who he is? Well, I'll read some stuff first, and then I'll tell you what I really know about Lee. Lee, you're in there trouble, you man. You should have never. Oh, oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lee Collins is a direct marketer, copywriter, author, and an in-demand business strategist who believes in thinking differently to solve business challenges. And boy, if that isn't true, <laughs> he's a different kind of thinker, and it's a very good thing too. I mean, I I get a lot more ideas hanging out with Lee than I do other people. Quite a bit, lots of other people. Uh, he's an expert on leveraging systems and processes to enhance profits. He's very, very good with leverage. He understands big time. It's a and he's a genuine guy who's willing to spill the beans, show you exactly what's needed to make your online venture a success. And that's all the written stuff that I want to say. Other than that, and more importantly than that, Lee is a really, really cool dude. And he's one of the people that you go through your your ups and downs and and you know lots of years and years of internet marketing stuff and comes out the other end that's somebody you still have their email address and their phone number and you see at conferences and things like that so even though i had just uh, met him in person just the spring of this year for the first time isn't that weird and uh, you had gone through a little bit of a thing in the spring i didn't really expect you to be at that conference in atlanta um right after being out of the hospital <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty um, crazy. It was pretty crazy. Um, the I, I never expected that actually. You know, I woke up that morning. I went to jujitsu class and uh, felt a little weird after class. And uh, just to make the long story short, ended up having a widowmaker heart attack with a five percent chance of survival. So it was definitely a very interesting day for me. And uh, I think it was what maybe a week and a half later. I really wanted to meet Jack because I'd, I'd followed his materials and I've studied underneath him and I've known him for years, but we'd never met in person. So, Jack, you were you were the big reason that I came out to that event. And I, if you remember, I didn't stay that long. And uh, I was pretty pretty beat down and tired, but I, I wanted <laughs> yeah. to come to meet you. So. <laughs> and, you know, Lee, Wow, and you I was and kind I of walking on pins and needles going, I hope he doesn't show up here thinking, you know, because we had talked before, and I'm like, dude, why don't you just – I hope he's not going to come. There's no way he's going to come. And then you showed up, and I'm like, oh, great. Somebody get him a chair. <laughs> this guy needs well, to Lee and I have run guys... into one another many times over the year. I probably can't even count how many times we've actually seen one another at conferences. Can you, Lee? It's been a lot. I, I don't. It seems like everyone, and at it, it, one time I was speaking at three to four per month. So, I mean, you were there at almost every one of those. So Yeah, yeah we were at a lot of places time. together. But really, until Atlanta and again in Orlando, because of Jack, I really had never sat down and had a conversation with you all the times that we had run into one another. Yet <laughs> I know, right? I have followed you for years. I have studied your stuff for years. And kind of like the way I was with Jack, Jack is somebody that I have studied since the early 2000s, followed all the stuff he did and applied it in big ways, similar to what I've done with you, and yet we've never really had a real conversation until recently. Too funny. Right. Yeah, it is. It's funny how that works, especially in this market, because the community is not that large, but it's just large enough that sometimes it's, it's just out of reach to have, to have those real conversations. Yeah. Yeah. So down to business, that's all that nice stuff and everything. But, but I noticed you had a promotion recently. You and another guy. What's his name? I can't remember his name. Anyway. Uh, some guy named Matt Basak. <laughs> he, he's oh, really yeah. He's, just, he's a good kid. I'm, I'm sure he'll do good in Internet marketing once he gets his uh, marketing legs under him. Matt Basak, <laughs> everybody, is another yeah. marketing pro. Uh and you guys both just did something. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And specifically, since this is Traffic Masters, 
what what did you do this time for this promotion if you did anything different or if it was the same as how you've typically done your launches and done your promotions talk to us a little bit after the product and everything uh, about the traffic and how you guys did uh, most of your traffic right okay well um we launched the product it's called one page money makers and it was uh it was a product that i had had before and it, and it's very evergreen uh, as most of the things I teach, evergreen meaning that uh, the concepts and strategies you know, will last pretty much forever as long as there is an internet. Is some of the uh, the resources that may change, but uh, for this one we went all out and we completely redid everything. We uh, it's four very short videos, uh, really good stuff, and uh, we've gotten so much fantastic feedback on that. But aside from the product itself, uh, we we've we pulled. We pulled every trick that we know out of the book, and when I say trick, I mean basically every strategy, because we really want this to be a huge success. And uh, I think on the first day, we actually had uh, over 10,000 visitors to the website, which is is more than uh, we had launched on another network, and uh, it was more than that. Uh, so nice. really, what we did is we went for a we went for what we call a massive sneak attack. And let me tell you how this works. Uh, we, we put up a page where we invited people to join us. And if you would check out the page, the page is written in such a way to really, really grab people's uh, imagination with this. And, uh, and and it did, and it does. We actually had over 600 affiliates, and they're still signing up. 600 affiliates sign up for the massive sneak attack. So what what entices people to promote for you? That's that's a question that, that many people ask. And I heard you, you all talking about JVs being the most expensive traffic because you have to give up the ha- a way up to half your profits. I was actually listening to the show for a little while. I was really enjoying uh, the things you were saying, Jack, especially the uh, the bumblebee to flower. I, I never thought that I'd hear you um, use a bumblebee and a flower <laughs> as an analogy, but that was fantastic. Wasn't that sweet? <laughs> that was really really good. It just it got me right right in the heart. You know, it's like ah, that's so <laughs> awfully sweet. Um, but. You know, it was really uh, what what it's about is. Yeah, I'll tell you this. Let me let me let me shortcut this for you a little bit. I love I love giving away money. Um, I, I recall back in in you know a few years ago, uh, this, some of the best things I ever did in my life was those Saturday mornings. I would take all Saturday morning, and I would write out physical checks to people. And you know, some some months it was fifty thousand, some months it was a hundred thousand dollars that I was writing in affiliate commissions and other JV commissions to people. Those are some of the best times of my life. So uh, th- this all sort of stemmed from my heart attack. I'd gotten a little bit lazy, as we sometimes do uh, in in business and and uh, and in life. For some people, um, you get a little lazy and a little complacent. I was uh, busy helping other people grow their businesses, and uh, I got a little little lazy in doing that. After my heart attack, it was kind of a big wake up call for me. I I realized that I was not I was not living up to my potential to help enough people. Uh, I I I remembered laying laying in the hospital bed that you know I I can do more than this, I can be more than this, and I can have more than this. Uh, you know, everything in life is up, up to me about be, do, and have. You know, what do you want to be, do, and have? And if you get those things correct and in focus, amazing things can happen. And so over the past few months since then, that was in March, and I was, I've been basically just getting my legs back underneath me. So I stopped uh, working with private clients and decided to um, to do a launch. And then I, I met up with Matt. You know, we connected very well. Uh, Gina, he was uh, he was one of those people that I'd met for years too. We've known each other probably since '02 or '03, and had never really sat down and talked. But when we did, uh, sometimes have you ever met that that partner where just uh, magic happens? Yeah, that, I have. His name is Jack yeah. Humphrey. Exact Jack same Humphrey. thing. Yeah, oh, now she's that's way <laughs> sappier than the bumblebee analogy. <laughs> yeah, but she said it, not you, so it's okay. That's true. <laughs> so, so we sat down and we talked and we just, you know, we felt this magic, we felt this chemistry. And, you know, as we were, um, as we did the launch, as we put the product together, we realized where our strengths were. And both of us were good on, on the front end and the back end, the product sales, but we realized that he was the getter and I was the keeper. So mm. getting the traffic, we worked together on that. So it's about having a good partner. It's about, you know, making that happen. Because my my entire um, concept is around systems and uh, building, like you said earlier, Jack, leverage. You said that I knew a lot about leverage. You know, it's really about building systems that give you leverage, uh, ways to keep people coming back. 
because getting that front-end traffic is, is really great. It's very important. But what a lot of people miss out on, and you can, you'll probably agree with this, I'm sure, is getting people to come back for more. You know, people miss out on that part of traffic, which is equally, if not more, important. So the big focus here was getting front-end traffic from affiliates and then from the front-end traffic strategies to work on to get the the people that they sent to come back for more. And when you were telling your story, I thought of one. I actually, way back early on in my career, back in 03, I think, 03 or 04, I actually met a, 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 a big-name guru guy. He had a list of 150,000 at the time. And uh, it made me think of the story that uh, he agreed to promote for me uh, in, I think it was uh, about a month after we made the agreement, uh, if I would promote for him. And uh, uh, I had about five other folks who agreed to promote for me who had smaller lists. And that just promoted because they wanted to earn the cash. So this is a, mm-hmm. a great analogy of it costs you a lot more to do some JVs than, than if you were to just get trash other way or uh, uh, traffic other ways. Um, so I did the JV with the five people, made more sales, made seventy some odd sales, uh, did a did a promotion with the other guy, made four sales. So you know, uh, four sales versus seventy sales is a big difference. Plus, I had to promote. The, his products on my list, plus I had to share uh, the list that I uh, I had uh, built to get there. And in those days, I didn't really know any better, but, I, I mean, that is a lot to have to give away. Uh, oh, really? Four sales. Four sales? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds familiar. I've heard this story before. Not this particular one, but this is a this is like the hero's journey for Internet marketers. In that everybody's got to go through this, and hopefully you only do it once. But well, everybody gets lured in by the big list, and yeah, uh, yeah. This is a typical. Not uh, sadly, this is a typical story. Not in this particular instance. One hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, I've heard of it. Even bigger lists, and mm-hmm. and uh, far less. And that's when we were learning about how <clears throat> people's relationships with their own lists, like. It's almost, to me, it's like coming into a a great big mansion. On the outside, it looks really nice and everything. On the inside is a broken family. And that's the list owner and his relationship with his list is bad. It's really, really bad. Not good at all. (laughs) And while there may be 150,000 people on it, those guys that you worked with before with the much smaller lists that are real, you know, they're just totally in tune with their list. Their list loves them and they got a really good relationship and they work hard to keep that relationship up and going, that's why you can have a radically different outcome. And everybody on the surface looks at this, well, the guy, which one would you rather have? And they would always choose the 150,000 list and the big guru and the big name. And that's why I say we all have to go through it once because you just don't pass that up. You just don't know enough to pass up that opportunity or ask the right questions to protect yourself from the for sales and give away practically all of your business for the opportunity. <laughs> right. Thing. It's like you were saying earlier, you have to learn to say no. And, you know, that's one of the, you know, if we were talking about traffic, I think that's one of the best strategies that, that I've learned over the years is the ability to, and, and the willingness. You have to be willing to say no to to things that, as you learn, don't really work to just move on. Uh, I, I'm one to overly extend myself uh, tremendously because I have a hard time saying no to people. I, I say yes because I, I just, it's not that I, you know, I just love to give. I really just love to give to people. And saying yes you can only see yes so many times. It's uh, the, the story I used to tell is if you imagine a, a vertical chart from zero to a hundred, and on this vertical chart, uh, your willingness to give and your willingness and desire to help people is a hundred, but you spread yourself thin, and then and then your ability to give is at about a twenty. That creates an 80, 80 point gap, and that eighty point gap can can ruin your reputation. It can, you know, uh, ruin your personal integrity, and you really have to keep your your yeses in line with your ability. It's kind of like it the, can uh, ruin your health. It can ruin your health too. Yes, like I was about to say, put your put your own gas mask or put your own oxygen mask on uh, before you do your family's on the airplane. You have to take care of yourself yeah. first. Yeah, absolutely. So, tell me a little bit about how you got six hundred affiliates to sign up for this promotion. <laughs> Well, we did a big fat contest. People love contests. They love bragging rights and they love they love making money, especially free money. And 
the way that I the way that uh, we postured this is uh, this is the closest thing to this is probably the closest thing to free money you'll ever see. And we you know the way that we've done it is we did we're doing three sneak attacks. So that's uh, three I'll, I'll say launches just for the purpose of our discussion, but they may or may not really be launches because we're keeping all of our our all our real uh, plans for how we're going to do this a little secret. Uh, but Sneak Attack 1 was seven days, and it actually ends today. It started last Tuesday and ends today uh, for the yeah. for the top seller. And there's a qualifier. Uh, you, you can't make two sales and be the top seller, which we had nobody who did that. But there's a qualifier for it. For the top seller, each day you get $1,000 cash right to your PayPal. And we've already paid out, I think, uh, uh, several of the people. And then after that, after the seven days is up, the overall person gets three thousand another three thousand dollar bump. So we're giving away ten grand this week uh, from Tuesday to Tuesday. So the, you know that was a very enticing play play to get people to promote. You see ten grand on the board, and you have the ability to do that, and uh, that'll get people to promote. But where it really gets fun is in each sneak attack, we're going to give away about ten thousand dollars and then at the end we have a twenty thousand dollar bonus that, that we're given to people so depending on your rank in the network uh, of how many people promoted and now i think we're up to almost 650 affiliates who are com- competing in this uh you'll win an extra prize so you'll win four thousand dollars additional if you're in the top 10 i think it's number one and then it goes down from there um so money is a great enticement to to a lot of people also, the bragging rights to say we're giving people rankings w- within the network. And uh, here's the cool thing. We're going to actually promote for people. So we, even better than money is people want to be promoted to our million-plus list. And it's a good list and a very responsive list. So um, we've agreed that for the top top winner overall, you get three full mailings to our entire list and uh, that is pulling people in even better than the money because they know that. What's your you know, affiliate our, link again? Where do I go to sign up? <laughs> I just want to do that real quick while you're talking. <laughs> if you go to massivesneakattack.com, all the details are right there. Um, but awesome. you know, it's it's a really fun promotion. We're having a great time with it. Uh, Matt and I are both um, strategy type thinkers, and we really believe in a 2,000 year old text called the Art of War. Um, so we're, everything that we've done, we're tying it to that. Um, and actually, the cool thing is we're building an entire case study out of this, of uh, you know how I can't really reveal exactly what it's about, but uh, exactly how we did the launch. So everything about the launch, everything that we did, we're documenting everything down to the to nth detail for people. So um, we're going to make that available afterwards so people can can model it. Because really, the way that we're doing it seems a little. Um, a little familiar, but if you really dig into it, it's very, very much different than any other launch anyone's ever done. Awesome. So I get the and sense you guys are still very much in the middle of this, and it's still we are still we are. That's a, that's a testament to it as well, because a lot of people have launches and they're over the week that they start because they don't have the capacity or the planning or the leverage to keep a campaign going, and you guys are like swimming in it. You're happily. Sounds like to me, um, still going strong. But I mean, what day did you launch? You launched right after uh, JV Zoo event, right? We launched uh, on la- we launched on last Tuesday for this one. We've been building it up a bit since then, but we launched last Tuesday. Uh, Matt and I have both been working uh, sixteen to twenty plus hour days since the Thursday prior. Uh, we took two days for break, and uh, I mean, I. I, I was feeling a little ill this morning. I'm still not great, but I, you know, I, I know that it's because we're working ourselves to the bone. Um, but we've taken two days break, uh, just kind of a little hiatus. Uh, we call it a ceasefire, and uh, we start another ceasefire uh, <laughs> later on today. But yeah, we're still going strong, and uh, the things that we're planning for sneak attack number two later this week, uh, those things are going to be a little controversial and yet very, very fun. Okay, so uh, are you fighting on any other fronts to stick with the Sun Tzu metaphor? Are you are you fighting on um, are are you doing any Facebook ads? Are you doing anything other than um, affiliates and JVs and and things like that that you can tell we us are. about? You don't have to tell us we, how. <laughs> right, as you know, it, it, as far as from a strategy perspective, it's to keep things quiet. But yes, we are fighting on multiple fronts. Actually, um, we're, we're t- testing 
the to keep the analogy going, testing the enemy, although it's not really the enemy, but that's the way we we can phrase it. <laughs> but we we are testing uh, GADs. We're testing on uh, other networks. We're doing everything. The cool thing about this too is the way that we positioned. Uh, here, here's here's a really cool traffic strategy for people. It, if you do things I, I'm, the way that we are, we're going to show you how to do them, uh, if you look at Google, if you were to Google one page moneymakers, spell out one O N E space page moneymakers, um, we've pretty much taken over the first five to six pages. So anywhere you go, if you if you even type anything close to one page moneymakers, you're going to find us. And uh, we did that through our own efforts and uh, largely through the efforts of encouraging the affiliates to set up review blogs, uh, talk about mm-hmm. it in their blogs, uh, do their own advertising, and uh, do videos. I mean, they've done a lot of videos. So really the first five pages of Google are locked up for us, which is really cool. We call that the spillover effect um, because what there's I a lot of What I call dominating the search engine. You want at least fifty percent or more of the first three to five pages to point back to you, and it, it's not all pointing to your website. Just like what you see in the search results right now, it doesn't all point to your website. It points to lots of different websites, but all of it mentioning your brand. And I'm sure if you went in and looked at your analytics right now that you see exactly what I usually teach people they want to do. When you're really dominating the search results, especially at the level you guys are, holy cow, that's impressively, all of a sudden you start to see a shift in what's bringing people to your site. Initially, they're coming into the site from the keywords that you're dominating around. But then all of a sudden, it looks as if something happened because there's a huge shift. And instead of putting in uh, all of the keywords that brought them there initially, they start coming in from typing in the brand or the domain name. And it's because of the effect of dominating the search results. When people start going out and seeing your brand showing up over and over and over and over again, it's so unusual that they become so curious that they go back up to the search box and type in your brand on purpose. It's not as obvious here because One Page Money Makers is the brand and the keyword. But if you did that around traffic or any other topic, you would start to see that shift happen fairly quickly when you get to around 30 to 40% of the search results pointing back to you. Right, and that's what we're seeing. We're starting to see dramatic increases in our traffic number, um, not just from the I affiliates, bet. but from, from the spillover effect from the first five-plus five pages on Google. And uh, for phase two, we're actually going after a different term. We're going to ask them to anchor anchor link a different term for us. So we'll actually own two spaces on Google once this is all said and done. And uh, by sneak attack three, uh, we're working on something really cool to to dominate in that as well. So for the areas that we want to dominate on the search engines long term, because again, like I said earlier, this is an evergreen product. Just some of the resources will change over time, but the concepts and what we're teaching, this is stuff we've been doing uh, for years since uh, I think O2 is where we both kind of traced it back to. Every single website I build today, I build using this technique, and the technique gets you where you want to go and gets you all the traffic you'll ever want or need from the search engine. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, it's it's fun to be on the show today talking about traffic because the way that, you know, there's a lot of people who will say that one-page websites can't rank in the search engines, and this just blows that myth totally out of the water because the way we do it, they do. Um, that actually, we, right. we sit down, we, we build a site, and we show it ranking in the search engines, and we show the traffic we've got. We show the the money we made from it, so it's all right there. Well, there, there, there is some. It just depends on what context. Like, if you're talking about SEO in 2012 or 2011 or 2010, it was extremely difficult to get a one-page website. It was not undoable, but it took expert jocks like you guys to do it. Not an average person could do it because they weren't really ranking anything based on conversation and engagement factors. Today, they are. So you can rank. I I dare say you can rank any kind of page or content your heart's desire as long as you got enough people talking about it and enough linking going on and enough 
activity that Google can measure to say that this page is important and it doesn't just mean the three or four limited ways that we had to do it back in the day, but the multiple ways we have to do it now. Because I'm sure you guys have got people doing Facebook stuff and, you know, mentioning things in the right places to, to, as part of that ranking factor. And I would say the power that we have now to rank any kind of content, any of it, anything, is really greatly enhanced because Google only really cares about how your ability to get people talking about something. And if there are enough people talking around a URL, Google is just like, it doesn't matter now because they know they can tell the difference between spammers and everybody else. And if enough real people, by their determination, and they're very good at it now because of Hummingbird and their new algorithm, if enough people are talking about a URL, and, uh, and more specifically, a name, it legitimizes the name. So one really super secret ranking factor is that there are enough people out there doing um, uh, one-page related keywords and discussions and things like that, that pretty much anything that Google can determine isn't spammy when they go to the whatever the subsequent link is, and it might not be your guys' page. It's many of p different people's pages, review sure. sites and everything else. The name itself, the word, the term itself has gotten its own sort of author rank or credibility in that Google's going to take a hard look at that, knowing that there's really credible results for previous mentions of it and previous pages around the web. It just applies its litmus test to this new page that it's discovered through your guys' activity and goes, ah, this fits the bill. It's not spammy. It's, it's what we want. And so it's going to go in the top 10 or 20 or 30. Yeah, it's right. it's an amazing time to be an SEO expert because you only need to know three things. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But it's really that, important how you apply those three things. Knowing the book smart part of it and knowing how to actually apply them are two different beasts. Right, and that's a great point that you just made, Jack. And it's, it's one of the secrets we use for our product, too. Um, we, as we launched our product, we launched it on JVZoo, actually. Um, uh, if you look at the names of products, the names of products are just the names of their products, but we took a different approach. We, we named our product One Page Moneymakers by Lee Collins and Matt Basak. So we're getting that authority from the name of the product itself, and our names are out there too, because when people write reviews on it, guess what they're writing reviews on? They're not writing reviews on One Page Moneymakers. They're writing reviews on One Page Moneymakers by Lee Collins and Matt Basak. Mm -hmm. So our, our names are getting out there the same as the book. So uh, what you were just talking about is the, the authority, uh, the author authority per se, is uh, is getting out there for all three of us, not just not just the products. So. Yeah. And yeah, no, if you guys don't think that Google's to... keeping tabs. Well, go ahead. Sorry. Even prior to a year ago when Hummingbird came out and conversations became the key to ranking higher up in the search engines, all the way back to 2004, I have been teaching people to go out and get conversations happening online through things like reviews and back then it was forums and whatnot simply because it accomplished the objective of backlinks at the same time. So, yes, conversations are now, like, really key for getting better search engine rankings, but that strategy has worked for 10-plus years. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's the funny thing is you know, we, we're sitting here, and we know that these strategies still work, um, but I think that's an important lesson for folks who are just starting out in the business. But as we know that there, there's this syndrome called shiny object syndrome, and people love chasing the latest and greatest, but... Uh, yeah. and the three of us, I know, and, and the four of us, if we include Matt, uh, we we all depend on tried and true foundational stuff, and we'll test the other stuff, and we'll use the other stuff, and if it works and fits within our scope, our strategy will continue to use it. But you know, I don't believe any of us rely on any of the the flash in the pan stuff. We we all are foundational marketers, which means that we we rely on stuff that we know will pass the test of time, not just the test of a month. Well, like you already said, the tools and resources that you use may change over the years, but the overall strategy is totally evergreen. What I have been teaching has not changed even one little iota since 2004, except that the tools and resources that are part of it have changed in the last 10 years. But the strategy itself, exactly the same. Right. I mean, do you, I, both of you I know remember Overture. It was still my favorite oh, yeah. tool, period. 
and uh, it's gone. But you know, the strategy around how you find great keywords, how how you can promote to markets using that information, the resource changed, but our strategy still remains the same. Okay, so that's a really good topic for traffic masters to talk about, and that is keyword tools. Boy, recently I went out because I had a need to do a little bit of keyword research. Hadn't done any in about the last six or seven months because Jack is our traffic getter. I'm our traffic keeper. I don't need to go do keyword research. What the hell happened to all the keyword research tools, Lee? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, you know, so the the answer to that is uh, th- there aren't any really good I, I use Google uh, Keyword Planner because that's the best one that I have, but I have others that I use as well. But as, um, if, if I'm being just totally open, we, we built our own uh, because all the good tools that we liked and the way that they worked don't exist anymore. So as part of One Page Moneymakers, we built our own keyword tool that folks could use. Ah, that makes we some able- sense. Yeah, because I mean, we, we're old school marketers. Uh, old school in the sense that we're foundational and we're, we believe in building on what we know works. All the stuff in the way that we know that it works, they, it doesn't exist anymore. So we built the tool to be the tool that we want it to be. Uh, we still API to all the data, that, you know, the data sets in the background for some of the larger tools, but we we use it, display it, and uh, and teach it in a different way than any of these tools that even touch anymore. Of course, there's always search.twitter.com. <laughs> and, when I, and I don't really mean that as a specific tool, but there's there's just having conversations and being out there on social and really doing searches. Uh, a good keyword research tool is a search on Google Plus as well. Um, hashtags, trending topics. It's morphed into that kind of stuff. If you don't have you know, your own custom tool, um, and all the other ones have been letting you down. What I what I've been doing, and I I haven't done a keyword research as it's you know defined in old school terms in years. I've never used one. I haven't used any of those tools. I saw the writing on the wall when we were using them, and everybody was lauding them for what they could do because I wasn't interested in stuff that was a month or more old. That was conversations right. people were having then, not now. And even if they're in evergreen the- topic. I want to know what people care about them like right now. So I use social for that, and I use hashtags, and and I I just kind of sleuth it, and I get a lot more insight than I used to when I, and maybe I probably wasn't ever really a good keyword researcher to begin with. So I'm not saying that I was, <laughs> but I I work a lot better when I'm looking at conversations, and I can extrapolate. Well, I've seen this thing ten times. That probably means that it's got an exponentially bigger interest level and then I go and prove it to myself and then I'm like yeah I can believe in this research that I just found and then I'll go to town well, Jack, with it here and is the reason for doing this particular search you know going out looking for a keyword tool you and I have mm-hmm. a joint client that is considering selling a business and in order to create the proposal for the business that we want to buy it I wanted to go out and find some data that could tell it how many times people are searching for the topics related to this particular business. That right, doesn't very exist useful. anywhere, even in the Google Keyword Finder. You can't see that oh. anymore. I couldn't find one tool that could do that for me. Yeah, they blew them up. They just blew them up. They don't want, you know, that would be a really, really cool tool to have for that particular use, and it it wasn't because of that particular use that they got rid of them. They got rid of them because they didn't want anybody using them anymore. They didn't Google. Right. Didn't, let's just say who we're talking about because it doesn't matter. It, you know, it's Google. Everybody, just so you know, <laughs> Google didn't want anybody paying attention to SEO anymore like we always did. And one of the things that we would always do is go out and look at keyword tool, keyword research, and everything else. And they just blew that up. Like they blew a lot of things up when they came out with Hummingbird. And they're like, really, literally now we've given you so much to go on. You really don't need to pay so much attention to us. Please just serve your market, please. But in doing so, then this totally valid use of that you describe also got caught up in that. And now the world is bereft. <laughs> we just have no keyword tools like we used to. But survival instinct, and, you know, if I was dropped in the middle of Siberia with just a knife and I had to do or die, and literally I was going to freeze if I didn't get some fire and I get some water and then get some food in that order, 
I was going to die. And so when they took all those tools away, having never relied on them heavily in the first place helped a lot. But I immediately started looking around for other things that we could do. In your case, in that particular example, Gina, there's, I mean, I don't know what could be done because I, I did exactly the stuff what that you I'm do. finding, it's not finding actual numbers of people who have searched on anything. It's not physical I numbers exactly of anything. I did exactly the same though, thing, though, Jack. I went to Google. I took screenshots of the top 10 pages of search results for the two topics that I wanted to point out. I then went to Facebook and did the same thing. Went to YouTube and did the same thing. Went to Google Plus and did the same thing. And made sure that in those screenshots, it showed me things like how many likes or plus ones there were on each of the posts, and I circled them in yellow. I then did the same thing with all of the views of videos on YouTube that related to that those two topics. And although I can't tell them how many people are searching for it, what I can show them is how many people are interacting with it when they do find it. And that basically proved the point that this particular business is valuable. Yeah. Or you can find somebody like Lee who's got his own tool. Are you sharing that tool or is it just an internal thing? Uh, we've made it available to our 1PMM members. Oh, yeah. Nice. You're so nice. <laughs> we got to make sure we get hooked up, awesome. Jack. I'm sorry? we got to make sure we get hooked up. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know somebody in there. Matt. Matt's a pretty cool dude. He'll let us in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lee, thank you so much, man, for showing up and, and dealing with our lateness today and our technical glitches and being sort of under the weather. And you guys are right <laughs> smack in the middle. I, I really didn't know that you were – I thought that everything started sooner. You're right in the middle of this thing and doing those 12, 20-hour days. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. And can we have you back? And your lovely My wife pleasure. last week as well. She was awesome. Oh, I know. I, I listened to her show. She did so so well. And you know, just a just a plug for Natalie is uh, uh, she's done in two years what most people haven't done in five. So I'm just immensely wow. proud of her. So, she was yeah. awesome. We enjoyed it a lot. Well, we've got about three minutes left. So for our listeners who are looking for traffic for their websites, what advice do you have for them? Topics for the websites. Uh, you, you know, the traffic, advice I've always topics, given. Traffic, traffic. Tra traffic for the website. Well, that still goes back to <laughs> uh, one of the one of the mistakes I see people making is going after your passion. And uh, I think uh, you you all talked about it earlier, and uh, I spoke about it a little bit. Is go online and see what other people are passionate about, and become passionate about serving their needs. Because if you're if you're serving the needs of a large group of people with money who want to spend it then uh, that's the best way to get traffic is to focus on the needs of the majority. And I, I know that that's not a direct traffic answer, but really once you start focusing on the right, right place, which is serving other people, you'll always have all the traffic you ever need. I concur. I couldn't have said it better myself. It really is the bottom line of what we teach it to you. It's a model based on serving instead of a model based on selling, and we say that over and over and over again. It's a perfect add-on to what we say. Really don't have to worry about traffic. It takes care of itself. Yes, it does. And, you know, to take that one step further, if you don't think your passion is aligned with what you're seeing other people's passion being, find a way to harmonize the two. I mean, that's not difficult. Let's say your passion is underwater basket weaving and you go out and nobody's looking for underwater basket weaving. Well, find out what it is that they like and position underwater basket weaving as the thing that brings them what they like. It's not hard. Just have to think a little yeah, outside a lot of, the box. A lot of people like to weave their baskets outside of the water, you know, and uh, you guys have a lot in common. It's just the water. Don't get hung up on the water. Right. You all need the tools. I mean, you, you have to have the tools to weave the baskets, the resources and supplies, regardless if you're underwater or not. So. And Lee is going to be coming out next week with a brand new product uh, called How to Weave a Faster Basket with my three-step system. And you guys should all check it out at that URL. 
I thought we'd be funny that way. <laughs> I, I wanted to, I have to break news on this show, Lee. We have to be because people won't listen anymore if we don't break really huge news. And I had to do it. I'm sorry. I, I'll, I'll pay you back somehow. I, we should tell everyone time. where they can find Lee, Jack. We didn't do that. You can find Lee at lee-collins.com, lee-collins.com, or what was the other link you gave out for affiliates earlier, Lee? Um, it's One Page Money Makers is the product that we're doing. Uh, one, of, one of the secrets, and if, you, if people want to know why, if you go to my website, you're going to find that I don't sell a lot on my website, and there's a very important reason why. But uh, we'll have to save that reason for another show. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much, Lee. We really appreciate you making the effort with the technical issues of being here today. <clears throat> Jack and I will be back next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Traffic Masters. Have a great week, everybody. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters. From traffic to conversion to business success. <laughs>